is a little take three. I'm yeah. here with David Boxer. Um, we'll get into the details on how we met in the future because I don't want to butcher that, but we'll just jump right into it. David Boxer is one of my favorite people. He's he's one of the few people that I've I've been able to relate to on a soul level. He's 23. You'll be 23 soon tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Right. So David is is a young man, um, but he's an old soul, and not in any of the stereotypical ways that people would use it in a negative connotation. He's one of the wiser individuals that I've had a chance to connect with and um, any chance I have to talk with him, share ideas, exchange, it's, it's always a blessing and it's always fun. So the fact that we now get to sit down for a little bit and chat, hear more about your story, what you're doing, what you're up to, um, it's, it's really a pleasure. So I'm excited to have you today. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for an amazing introduction. And, and likewise, I feel very, very similar. Like it, everything feels right. When I'm with you, when I talk to you, it feels, you just feel it. And uh, it doesn't go much, much further than that. So. Right. Um, so, so what I really wanted to start with is talking to you about how you became so introspective. So for those of you listening in the future, David is someone who's working as a men's spiritual coach, a uh, health coach. He's able to provide so many different services. Uh, we'll get into those details in a little bit, but um, he's extremely in touch with himself and uh, who he is as a person. So he's great at what he does. And I've seen him um, in action uh, a lot of the time. So uh, he's, he's definitely someone that's going to impact the world in, in a great way. So um, I would like to start with how did you get into the introspective work? How did you get interested in spirituality and stuff like that? Because I see you at your age at going to be 23 and I think of myself at 23 and I was really interested in that stuff. And, um, I, I read a lot about it. I watched a lot of YouTube videos and lectures, but I couldn't really relate to a lot of other people in my life with it. I didn't really have many people to exchange ideas with and share ideas. So how did you get into that? When did you get into it? Um, so I definitely had a really good guidance. So my older brother, who's four years older than me, kind of always pushed these ideas on me. You know, I was young, you know, I was in my early teens and he was kind of talking about psychedelics and he was talking about different ways of healing and and in the and the ways he was describing them were very responsible and it's funny because he didn't actually do psychedelics until we did them together years and years later he's just like yo you got to check out these documentaries so uh, in a lot of ways I kind of entered that realm of like there's more there's more than just this go to college get a job work your ass off get a pension uh, it, I was always pushed in the direction of like breaking that by my older brother. So in that very supported and guided in, you know, okay, if I can't follow the, the systems and rules set in place, what do I do? And right. uh, I think that might have led me kind of inward into an, a very introspective state. And then, uh, and then after, after high school, I moved to California to live with him, my older brother. And uh, I lived out there for about a year and 10 months. And that was huge for introspection as well, as I didn't really have anyone out there. I had my brother, our roommate, who's a good friend. So I had them. But, you know, when everyone was working and I was doing my thing and I had a lot of time to to fill, you know, I had I had a lot of like, what am I going to do with myself? Right. And of course, it started off a lot of Xbox. Right. right. <laughs> you know, like normal, just like fill your time, fill your time. And I got to a point where I was like. I need to earn the Xbox. I need to do more and I need to earn the TV shows and I, and I need to earn the smoking. So uh, that led me to reading every day and journaling ultimately every nice. day which was a slow start. And then uh, journaling was journaling's by far. Like I was going to say, is that when you started your journaling or the habit of journaling? In California. Yeah. I journaled like a little bit when I was a kid, but uh, after my dad passed at nine, that definitely was a big introspection brought, like, definitely. Uh, you know, where world's coming down and like new timelines being built. So that definitely was big. And I do remember journaling after it happened as a kid. I wish I had those journals, but uh, yeah, but I didn't pick it up until 10 years later in California. Right. So now something that 
you still do today and I've been a part of are your men's journaling circles where you'll host meditation and you'll have set up journal prompts that you'll um, provide after that. And for me, that that's been helpful. And it's, it's been um, really cool to be a part of a, a men's group like that, or at least be a part of other guys connecting over stuff like that. Um, when I was your age, I can't imagine leading something like that. I can't imagine having the bravery to expose myself and to put myself out there to that degree to lead that, but you're doing it. And, and you're a hero of mine for, for doing that at your age and being so brave to do it because um, not, not many people will. So, so now what inspired you to want to provide that kind of space for people? Okay. Ultimately. Uh, so, uh, so April, 2021, um, I started, I went to my first retreat held by, um, a really good friend of mine who is this older sister of my, one of my best friends growing up. And she's very like woo woo. She's kind of <laughs> been for years, like super yoga has been like way before it was cool. And uh, she's been a mentor of mine this past year, but it was in that first retreat that I first did what's called holotropic breath work, which uh, is very deep breathing, heavy and uh, emotion invoking breathing and music. And of course the guidance from her. And uh, I had such an experience with it that I was like, I need to host breathwork space. And it was like this big, big shift in my mind, which it, it led me to really focusing on holding these expansive spaces and spaces where healing can be done. And uh, still very much in my mind, long-term breathwork, holotropic breathwork training is the, uh, is the path for me. And uh, it's an, it's a long and it's an, it's a fairly expensive path. So it, patience comes in but uh until until then i figured i would you know host some type of something i uh, i was brainstorming a couple months ago about like i knew i wanted to host my first workshop right and i was like okay what can i host you know what what am i good at what do i do and it's like oh i journal and it's i knew i wanted to hold meditations because that also leads into the breath work breath work is basically a meditation just a little more intense and, and long and uh so I knew I, I knew my path, you know, I couldn't just jump into breathwork. I needed to hold meditations first. I needed to hold space where people can talk about things. So ultimately I landed on a journaling circle and then I went very out of my comfort zone and still even to do them, to do them again is still out of my comfort zone to do this is out of my comfort zone, but that's, you know, that's what we're here to do. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I did my first one in March and you were there, my brother. <laughs> And, uh, it was magical and uh, it just kind of sparked the whole thing. And it, it, it led to me getting really good, I think, at leading meditations. Definitely. And, uh, I would, I would say that you're very good at it. Yeah, without a doubt. I would slap you. that label on you. Yes. Nice. Nice. <laughs> or at least com compared to March, which isn't that long ago, really. So, uh, so just jumping right into it kind of led me, I, I, I knew I needed to hold space. I've been kind of beating myself up to hold, to hold the space since like September. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it in October. I'm going to do it in November, you know? And then this time I was like, all right, March is the time I'm actually doing it. And then I posted about it, shit scared. And, uh, and it worked out. It worked out well. It's leading me down a good path. So what, what made you realize that you think that men need this? Because I, I agree. I think that men need this kind of stuff more now than ever. And to say so might be considered controversial also as well to yeah. some and to many, right? To, to say that, you know, men need um, a, a, a service or, you know, some kind of outlet to say that men need anything or could use anything could be seen as controversial these days, but it's even from my own perspective and from my own experience, I would say, yeah, I, I think men now need an outlet more than ever. So, so, you know, like what made you realize that men needed that? Was it you realizing that you needed it yourself? Were you seeing it in men around you or? It's definitely, I needed it for myself. I, uh, I was, I'm lacking, you know, still to still now lacking like community and lacking like abundant community of people that are in my space regularly and, and living that kind of life and kind of willing to open up in these ways and truly express and heal. 
But uh, so kind of seeing the need for myself and also being in these spaces in the last year, I, it, it was, it's rare. I, I, I've been in many yoga classes and many <clears throat> breathwork things and many retreat kind of spaces and these expansive spaces and full moon ceremonies where I'm the only guy. Mm. And it's like, I love this. I love, I love worshiping the earth and I love ceremony. And, you know, and I felt like we were lacking that as men for sure, especially the men around me, the men in Staten Island, the men in my community. It's uh, a lot of like holding in a lot of seeking for that vulnerability, but also when it comes and I find it in myself when it, when vulnerability comes, it's like shut down. I was going to so say, yeah, I, I, I see it in myself when it comes up. I, I, I've become more aware of it over time, but I'll still shut down. Oh yeah. Every yeah. now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Like shut down from like a hug or something. Right. 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 Just, or, you know, calling a puppy cute. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or something as simple as that. Yeah, exactly. So a need for the space, you know, in my, in my own life. And, uh, and you know, I, I feel, I feel I can hold the space best for men. Like I love the men's space where it's like, all right, the women are not around what the fuck's up guys? Like, <laughs> right, how, right. You know, like, like, how are you actually, you know? And it's, I was going to say, I got that. I got that feeling in your first journaling circle. It was cool to be in a room of just guys that where we get to express ourselves. It kind of felt like a locker room, but in a good, in a good vibe, like a good vibe of a, of a <laughs> locker room where you can feel vulnerable. You can open up a little bit. And then you start to see once one person's, you know, choosing to be a little bit brave, they will, put themselves out there they'll be heard and then someone else can relate to it or they'll latch on to that a ripple make sense of it themselves and that's a ripple effect right yeah it's very cool it's it really is very cool to be a part of and i'm so grateful that i chose chose to do this you know right um so so anytime that i'm trying to introduce something like this or ideas like this to to guys or people i know sometimes i get caught up i don't know if you've had this experience or if you can relate to it Sometimes I get caught up in sharing it with the level of excitement that I have for it. And, you know, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe I, I turn people off to maybe being open to something or considering a different perspective or maybe looking into something. And I sometimes don't know how to deliver it or express it in that kind of a way. So I don't know if you've experienced that with guys um, in general or men, but I'm noticing a little pushback when I try to get some guys to do yoga with me um so yeah. so that that's been one of my bigger challenges uh since we're operating in the same space i don't know if you've experienced that trying Definitely. to hold space for men but i don't what do you what's your take on that so it's it's funny i saw a video by you know aubrey marcus of course of course yeah. so Big i saw a video by aubrey marcus today and he was talking kind of about so i definitely have met that where i'm like yo, you guys got to do breath work or you got to do it. Like, yo, you're going to cry your eyes out. It's going to be amazing. And people are like, my friends are like, you know, like, all right, cool. Like that, you know, they give me respect and they love me. They know that I'm clearly a happy and healthy person, but they're like not fit and they shut down and uh, it's almost like silence. And it's not, I'm not met with the excitement that I, you know, that I expect, but I probably I was gonna say that, that you might carry. Yeah, that I carry and expect and probably shouldn't expect. Right. Uh, Aubrey Marcus said on this on this uh, this video that he posted today where he was saying how like during his first mushrooms, mushroom journeys, like for 10 years, he would go home to his parents and family. Like, Yo, you guys got to do mushrooms. You guys got to do ayahuasca. You got to do this. You got to do that. And everyone was like, no, like, no, you know, not not fit and uh, and very much closed off. And then he, he said he had a, a realization at a, a Wachuma ceremony where he went home and he was like, just himself. Mm. He was like, I don't need to tell them that they need to do anything. I just need to carry who I am and what these things have made me and what these things have allowed me to become. And then he said, and now everyone, and then everyone wants them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, Isn't that funny? Yeah, it really is. It's less about, I guess, like telling and more about showing and more about being just like, I like, I'm clearly happy. You're clearly happy, like a healthy person, a person that has themselves. And of course, no one's 100% happy all the time. Right. 
not saying that, but someone that's like clearly living in integrity with themselves. And, uh, and when you do that, you don't even have to say what you do. People are like, Hey, what do you do? You know, like what right. do you do for yourself, you know? And then it's like, Oh, well, I, you know, par- I participate in mushroom ceremonies and I participate in, and I teach yoga for you, you know, things like that. So it's like, it's almost like the energy comes first. And then, uh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that I've had, uh, it's similar to jujitsu. When, when I first started jujitsu, yeah. I was, so hyped up about it i couldn't get the whole world doing i just wanted to get the whole world to do jujitsu with us i i i probably seemed like a psychopath to a degree and and i i guess that's just me i guess i have to become more aware of that oh my god jujitsu is like one of those things like that forget what i said before about (laughs) jujitsu tell everyone yell at them get them on the mat it's so true though i can't that's one thing i can't i can't like toned it down for. it's hard to you get me talking about jujitsu i'll talk forever even um and, and even jujitsu communities so i've been traveling with my wife she's working on a in a show that's touring around the country so we've been in a couple different cities um since the end of june and uh when we were in schenectady i was able to hop into a couple dropping classes at another affiliate henzo place and now when we're up here in Rochester, I was able to drop into another, um, it's not a Henzo affiliate, but it's another pretty good jiu-jitsu place. And the community vibe in both places when I walked in there was similar to Cadella uh, and, and our place where it's just, I mean, mostly dudes. I mean, I'm sure there's some women, but mostly dudes just working together on similar goals, yeah. grinding getting better, showing up every day, sweating, um, you know, delaying gratification, just, it's, it's just, you feel the energy and you feel the vibe. And, uh, it's something that you want to be a part of both places. Didn't care who I was, what I believed in, what my ideology was, what my faith was, whether I was gay, straight, anything like nothing. They didn't care. They just said, Hey, you want to train jujitsu? Come train. And that was it. It was that simple. And I feel like what we're trying to do in our space is similar to that just with, you know, men and everyday life. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to draw those parallels as I'm seeing them too. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is the best because it's so vulnerable. It's like, like other martial arts, you're punching each other, you're kicking each other. This is like, Hey, nice to meet you. Now you're face to face, you know, or worse, <laughs> you know, or worse. But uh, that's truly what I love about it. Cause I'm the type of guy I'll, you know, I'll hug a hobo if they need a hug, you know, like you could always shower, you could always wash your hands. Right. But a hug goes a long way. And, and really in jujitsu, it's like, you're, you're being hugged, you know, you're being hugged. <laughs> maybe to death, but it still is, it still is that like human touch and uh, something, you know, I'm definitely dying for at all times in my life. And maybe probably a big reason why I love jujitsu is it's so vulnerable. It's a trust thing. You're surrendering. I was going to say it's a big trust thing. You're surrendering, you know, in a way that you might surrender to a lover where it's like, you're vulnerable. You're, you're, you're completely surrendering to this person. And, and in jujitsu, you have to trust that this higher belt isn't going to rip your arm off <laughs> even though they can even though they can right they, and, just uh, like someone in a relationship they could you know if you're vulnerable to your significant other you're allowing them to hold your heart yes. right and to a degree and you're trusting that they're not going to squish it or shatter it into pieces exactly it's the and, same it's the same idea it's the same give and take the same vulnerability um so talking about jujitsu and its physical aspect, something that I always think about when it comes to health, wellness, and well-being is the fact that the mind, body, and the spirit all play a role. I, I feel like not everyone thinks about how those three are integral in, in our experience and you can't forget about one or the other. Yeah. So I don't know if you've had that experience or what you think about that or what your take is, but how do you see the relationship between the mind, body, and spirit? Do you see it in that same way? Do you view it differently? I, so in my own personal philosophy, I try to, I try to not separate, but even when things are separate, of course, language, we, we separate things right. for good reason. 
but to see them truly as one and like myself and my whole experience is a mix of mind, body, soul, for sure. You know, I have a body, but so it's so interconnected, like so insanely the same, you know, if, if one isn't, isn't in good shape, then none are really right. And, uh, you know, you can be jacked out of your mind, but if you're not, if you're not, you know, if you're not trusting the unknown, trusting that tomorrow will bring you light and then you're living in anxiety and, and that can cause other bodily things. You can eat as much, you know, grass fed steak and, and fruit as you want, you know, but if you're not connected to self in a way where it's like you have yourself and you know yourself and you're not and you're willing to know yourself you're willing to change and i think that's a big like spiritual thing and i think it's a big mindset thing and uh something that definitely connects with the body like like if i don't go to jujitsu for three days you know i'm like frustrated and confused and i was gonna say so in that in that case do you feel like maybe your body starts to get like not twitchy but like you start to get antsy to a degree for sure. Right. For sure. Like I, I went for, I was feeling a little anxious before the podcast and uh, I went for a run. Nice. I, it's the first time I ran in a while. And I was of course thinking about you more than anything thinking about John. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he's like, yeah, I trained this morning and I ran and then I trained again. <laughs> You're a maniac. But uh, I ran and I ended up running like three miles. I didn't have my phone, so I couldn't count, but it was nice, man. more than two. And I feel so clear and I feel so good. And like things I was worried about before are still very much here and still very much like a problem to be faced in a sense, but I feel much more at peace and much more ready to face them. And also at peace, knowing that like my problems of tomorrow, like are for tomorrow's David. Yes. No, like they're not for today's David. Like if they were, they'd be here and I'd be able to move through them and get through them, you know, and having that trust of like, I'll show up tomorrow. And uh, that's a big thing for me because it's, it's a constant battle. So that that's huge. And that's something that it took me a long time to make sense of. And I think except that tomorrow isn't now and my problems tomorrow aren't my problems today. Yeah. And I think that's something that holds a lot of people up and, and might hold people up forever until the day forever, they die, if, if they don't become aware of that. And that's terrifying. Yeah, really, it, it is. is. But I think that's the key. I think what it comes down to is trying to be as present as you can, as often as you can. Even someone, someone recently asked me, what was my, my greatest life accomplishment? And I was thinking about all these different things. The first thing that comes to mind is my blue belt, right? Because that's 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 better than my four-year college degree. But um, first thing that comes to mind. The first thing that comes to mind. But ultimately, what it really is is my ability to become present, and I think that's the life hack that's helped me make the most progress, at least over the last I don't know seven seven years of my life when I finally became aware of it. I. I, I didn't even know what the present moment was until I think I was 23 when one of my wife's friends, she was working on a cruise ship at the time and I went to go visit her on the cruise ship. And it was after one of her shows, it was maybe midnight and we bought a six pack and we were just splitting a six pack. We're hanging out in the room. My wife already passes out on the bed and him and I are just going back and forth. And he asks me, or we were just talking about, you know, my life and different things I was dealing with. And he just looked at me and he's like, Mike, you're not your thoughts. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you, you are not your thoughts. He's like, you're not realizing that you're attaching to your thoughts and you're never here. Like you're here, like, and you're having the conversation, but you're thinking about the future and you're worrying about the future and you're harboring on the past and you're not really experiencing the now. And in that moment, it melted my brain entirely. And Not immediately, it's like, boom, boom, just completely just flattened anything that I thought that I knew and, and understood. And my life changed forever after that moment. And that's when he suggested me reading Eckhart Tolle's um, Power of Now and New Earth. And yeah. it was aha moment after aha moment, every single page, I ended up listening to a new earth another like four times after reading it the the first time and i just became completely hooked 
on what the ego is, what the pain body is, yeah. um, words, labels. And I increasingly became more aware of it. And then I started to go through this thing where I tried to kill my ego. And then I started to realize that the white knight in my mind that's trying to kill the ego is just the ego, ego. in itself. That it's just the yeah. ego disguised as the white knight yeah. saying that, bro, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll help you out. I got this. I'll slay the ego for you. Yeah. Um, and then that's been the battle that I've tried to make sense of over the last like, you know, four or five years. So it's this really long journey that just <laughs> boils down to you just got to be present. Yeah. Yeah, you're it's it's always going to change. So, you, you know, finding yourself here and it's understanding that it's always going to be different, you know, for a while, like when I first started getting into this, like three, four years ago, I, I was like in the same way, trying to kill my ego, trying to like destroy him and try, trying to like always, always be like, like acting from this place of presence and, you know, and letting and and then of course doing things that worked you're like oh my god that worked and then the next day trying to do the same thing yes and i'm like oh fuck this isn't working what the hell you know and it's and i'm falling you know it's something a realization that i'm coming to recently more and more and it sticks is it's always changing like it's literally always going to be different and in that it's like who am i really, you know, when you boil down that whole question, it goes into like, oh, I must be everything. But like, my experiences are, is always going to be different. And it's always going to change. And what I need today is going to be different from what I need tomorrow. So the trick is, is asking yourself, what do I need right now? Right <laughs> you know, now. Sometimes you need action. Sometimes you need to do you need to journal, you know, and sometimes you need to smoke a joint, go for right. a walk. You know, sometimes you need to nap. Sometimes you need to go cliff jumping. You know, you need to like do do different things each day. So like finding presence in that has definitely been been uh, been the most successful in just letting go of letting go of that. And also, like, I have an ego. We all have an ego. How do I align my ego's goals with my soul's goals? That's what I was going to ask you next. Yeah. It's like now my ego wants to be the guy that holds an amazing space, right. <laughs> you know, it's a tricky game. It's tricky because I was going to say, so, so I've tried to think of that. How do I use my ego to help me in my goals or to help me get to where I want to be? Because I think the ego is useful and I think it, it's been a tool for millennia and human beings have used it as a tool. It, it, it's what helped us make sense of self and create a self-identity to give us context in our world, right? So, so we're in this form-filled world, so the, the ego is useful to a degree. So I've accepted that, but now I'm at a point where I'm still trying to think about how to use it. And is there a difference between creating with ego and creating from consciousness? Like, I, I sometimes get mixed up. I sometimes don't know how to differentiate it. Yeah, and it's, it's an age-old question, you know? Right. I'm gonna definitely have a hard time answering. Uh, but it kind of goes back to that for, for at least my peace of mind, it goes back to like, not no separation, you know, it's like all at all times, I'm all things mm. and, uh, and aligning my ego, you know, like my ego wants to be the guy that is willing to destroy his ego, <laughs> you know, like I want to be the guy, like I almost like, almost like attaching my ego to that warrior mentality of like i will die protecting what i love i will die for the greater good if i need to right i'll go sword in hand and it's definitely helped me you know you've seen with like the ice baths like i tend to thrive in i love it like that i think you came alive i saw your your being i was screaming (laughs) but i had to i had to And, and it was the type of thing where it was like like, is that ego? Is it not? Like, I had to scream. My whole being had to scream. Parts of my ego are like, oof, that's not cool. You know, you're really, you're really expressing yourself. And then other parts of your ego are like, look at you. Yes. Man. You're the freaking best. So it's like, it's that, it's a thing. It's like chasing our tail, kind of like trying to get, catch the ego and be like, oh, this is the ego and this is consciousness or this is heart space and this is ego. And it's like, where am I acting from? It's like, 
you know, your ego can act from the heart space. You know, your ego is David and I can't. Right, because it's, it's ultimately all us and all I. Yeah, yeah. So it's like to destroy my ego is to destroy my body, to destroy myself, you know, to completely like and I don't want that like I, I want to live you know right. I want to live forever as David but I do want to enjoy the the gifts that this body has and this mind has in its limitations and uh to kind of like bridge them and you know stop looking for the separation of like what am I right now who am right. I this am I that it's like you are just what you are mm. like so it changes the question to well who am I right now to like what feels right right now? What do I need? Right. That's definitely like opened up new things for me. Alan Watts is like the, you know, like the goat. The goat. Like how many times? I've I think that's, that. I think that's when I first realized that you were interested in that same stuff. I saw you posting a few Alan Watts things on Instagram. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. okay. David knows what's up. He knows, <laughs> okay. he knows the goat. Anytime someone's like, I read Alan Watts. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I love you. Like, I'm like you are you get it then like you, you just get it and he's, it's like he's amazing to me because he reminds me of Bruce Lee in the fact that he bridged the gaps like Bruce Lee he made mixed martial arts he was the one that was unafraid to say okay these traditions are great and they they have their their strong points but I think we could um, become even stronger or create an even stronger art if we take the best of all and yeah. be, be open-minded to everything. And Alan Watts was amazing for the fact that he took Eastern philosophy and he introduced it to the West when the West was not ready for that at all. And they, yeah. they were probably, I, I can't imagine how he would, he would probably be received more openly now than maybe what he was in the 60s. He'd right? probably be drowned out. Yeah, he might be drowned out. Like, you know, and it's like, who, who would I be without him? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a real deal question. And it's a question that I can't answer because I wouldn't be me. No. And, uh, so in a lot of ways, it's like, we all kind of carry that. And he would definitely be drowned out. Like he would have his crowd, but it, it might not be as like, holy crap. Did you hear what that guy said? Cause now it's like, now they have you saying, it, now they have me saying it, which is good. That's the point. And that's right. What that's what I want goes into the whole no competition thing. It's like, if you want to create the new earth and I want to create the new earth, then we're good. Like there's right. no competition. You, you coach who you can coach, you help who you can help. I'll help who I can help. We'll support each other. We'll navigate it together. Like it's a beautiful thing. It is a really beautiful thing, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think we know. You know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be him. It would yeah, be that's true. Totally. Well, I think I heard one of the last things that he said on his deathbed was um, that like, he was very happy for the life that he lived. And I think the last, his last words or one of his last words were, if I could only do this without my body now. And, and if you think about it, he yeah. is like, and he has been yeah. like even more so after he died. So true. Oh my God. I have goosebumps. It's actually so true how like him and even Terrence McKenna have these like entities online, the whole being of themselves. And it's so cool. If it's I could so cool. only do this without my body. And, and he talked about the internet and how people would be connected through the internet in the sixties. So he was truly ahead of his time. Um, yeah. and, and the way that, the way that we're talking about social media now and how it might distract us and might get us out of the moment or might, you know, create space between what it means to be human. Um, he was talking about that with radio and TV. So it almost yeah. feels, it, it's reassuring to hear his old lectures where he talks about that stuff, because it gives me hope that we're still in the same circumstance and that maybe it's not any worse and that we're just dealing with the same problems in our own context. Yeah. So that does give me a little hope. Um, but, but yeah, man, we, we, uh, we definitely need more people spreading messages like he was because I fell asleep to countless amount of his lectures that definitely helped me to become who I am too. And I don't think I would be who I am without um, his teachings for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And it's like the whole social media thing kind of good. It plays into like the ego thing where it's like the ego is good. It's here. It's here to stay, at least for now, at least right. in that time, it's here to stay. And uh, I don't know that I'd want it to go in our lifetime. You know, I definitely enjoy being David and enjoy right. being sovereign being and myself and like, 
you know, so that's really beautiful, but it's all how you use it. It can be so destructive. It's like social media, TV, or it can be so incredibly powerful cool. in a lot of ways, the way we connected, like you knew, you knew something about me because of something you saw on social media you're like, Oh, cool. So then it connected us more. Right. So when you use it to do that, when you use it to connect with more and more people, it is like the best tool ever. And when you get sucked in and you're like anxious and looking for, looking for something, looking for mm. anything. And I'd say it, you know, out of experience, you know, today, like it's, it's something that everyone I, I imagine deals with. And it is because like the ego, it is this really tricky thing to navigate. And they're really like, like hard to tell, like, is this serving me? Is this not serving me? I see a lot of good on social media, but I'm seeing so much good in 30 seconds. Right. Is it actually good? Right. Uh, am I, you know, did like Alan Watts says, when you get the message, hang up the phone. Mm. Like you have to read something and then sit with it for a day. But I see hundreds of posts a day. So, it's so like, how many of them actually resonate at the end of the day? Exactly. How much are, how much is sticking? How much is, you know, and, and also like how much of that is crap? A lot of it. You know, a lot of stuff you see on social media and you think you didn't see it because you flipped it quick, right. you know, but you like saw you it, saw it. <laughs> like you, you're not all worse than you saw it. You felt it. And uh, that's why you swipe, swipe so fast. You're not going to trick yourself. So balancing that, that, it's, it's a, you know, it's that age old question. It's something that no matter how many lives we may live and no matter how many days we have successful days, it's always new. Every day mm. is reincarnation. It's like, who the hell am I today? What do I need? And, uh, and it, there's no rule book. There really is no rule book. I so. love that. So talking about something new, um, tell me a little bit about your men's program that you have coming up. It's called Explore, right? Explore. Yes. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited to talk about it. So uh, Explore is a men's group that it's led by me. It's going to be a exclusively on Zoom with three sessions a month. So a session about every 10, day, every 10 days for 12 weeks. And uh, it is going to be very freaking fun. I'm excited. I'm it's, super uh, excited for you. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. It's a it's a space that's designed for men to come in and and not only connect and share their challenges, but also learn things. I've cultivated a lot in in the last three years, a lot of practices and a lot of things and teachings and ideas through Alan Watts, Eckhart Tolle, Dr. Joe Dispenza, a million other people, and things that have really helped me and things that I can really relay. So the men's group it's designed is the first. Uh, Zoom of the month is a masterclass where I kind of dive into these topics. It's going to be specifically designed. So it's like a journey that's meant to unfold. But uh, talking just a lot about what we're talking about here, spirit, purpose, connection to self, connection to world. So teaching these topics. And then the second Zoom of the month is going to be a put into practice um, Zoom class, circle, whatever you want to call it. And that will look, you know, some of them will look like our journaling circles. Some of them will look like movement practice. I definitely want to get into wild dance, especially with nice. that. But uh, a little sneak peek. Wild <laughs> is in there. But, uh, um, and then the third Zoom of the month is a coaching call. So basically just everyone talking, reminis you know, reminiscing on the month, talking about the month that passed, talking about the month ahead and talking about just what's going on, kind of coaching each other. Within that, there's going to be a Discord chat. So basically 24-7 support from all of us. And the my main goal with this group is intimacy. It's you know right. a space where men can come and be like, tell things that they can't tell anyone in their life. And uh, and that's that's truly the goal with with Explore. And it's mapping itself out pretty beautifully. I'm, I'm building kind of the modules, the, the first module as I go. And nice. uh, it's a long journey. So it will kind of, and it's very dynamic journey. So a lot of what I teach will be based on kind of how the what the group needs and what I need to say at that time. But uh, right, so I, it'll be individualized based on whoever's in the group, maybe at that time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and of course all these, these universal teachings are 
very universal, but also very practical and personal. And I also really want to stress that it's like, what works for me isn't going to work for you, but here's how you might, here's how you can explore what might work for you. And that's kind of the whole thing behind explore. It's exploring self. It's my name on Instagram is at exploring David. And, uh, that's something that just came to me as I was making my new Instagram. And uh, I loved it once I came up with the idea because I knew I wanted it to be something, David. And uh, exploring came up. And I really love that because we're all exploring. I was like, so I, I love the word explore and especially for what you're doing, because yeah. ultimately that's what you're doing. You're exploring this reality to get yeah. in touch with yourself and to get a better sense of self. That's really what you're doing. The unknown. It's, it's entering the unknown. And, and it's, and it's, and I think explore is a great word because it reminds me of one of my favorite words, which is just curiosity or just being curious. And it's the same thing. It, it's like, you know, the, the more curious you become about what could be and the opportunities that are ahead or, you know, what tomorrow might hold or what this present moment might hold, um, the more you're going to explore, the more you're going to put yourself out there, the more vulnerable you're going to want to become or be willing to become. So I, I think everything that you're talking about is, um, is perfectly aligned with what the world needs and, and where I feel this, this big wave of guys like us are also trying to do the same thing. So we're, we're living in a really interesting inflection point in time where, um, it feels like a truly grassroots movement because there is no school that's telling us to do what we're doing. There's no directive. There's no guideline. We're feeling this intuitively, right? Like you're feeling this intuitively. You're digging deep. You're making sense of yourself and you're saying, you know what, if I'm experiencing this, there's no way that other guys aren't also experiencing this. And you're aware enough. And because you're aware enough, you then, feel responsible to be of service, right? Yeah, like when sure. you're aware, you, you, at least I, I feel responsible to be of service to a degree, at least with what I'm aware of. Um, so yeah, man, th- this, this is going to make waves and uh, you're, yeah. you're definitely going to impact a lot of people. And I think guys Same to you, my friend. need this more than ever. Yeah, I think so too. And, and it's, we're really, that's like another good thing is like, we're really at the bottom of this, like this mountain and there is so much unknown, but we kind of get to create it. We get to navigate it and like write these rules and, you know, and hopefully for our children and our children's children, this will be in school. I talk right. about divine masculinity, divine femininity, the dynamics that live within each of us and how we can use these things in order to live peaceful, happy lives and also like save the world. You know, this isn't like, like being a hippie isn't separate from being like a brain surgeon. Right. You know, like these things are not separate. And like, in fact, you can do all these things better. Right. Live more efficiently and more, you know, more purposefully, which is really really the goal behind everything because I see my friends I see so many people in my life that are like like running for security mm. and it's like because it, do you, do you I, think that's natural yes I do think it's natural but I also think it's fake like I think it's natural to run for security and to run for safety but I think the safety that they're running into is actually like a meat grinder it's like you a know, pseudo, a pseudo, it's, it's not like, real safety. It's like a meat grinder that's like named safety, <laughs> <laughs> like you're named security. And it's like, oh, okay, cool security. Let me jump on in. And, uh, you it's know, gotta be secure. It says security. Instead of like, yeah, exactly. And, and instead of looking out and being like, oh, there's a whole abundant world out there. And then I'm an, uh, a unique being, an extremely unique being. We all are. And I'm a sovereign being. I get to decide for myself. So what someone else did isn't going to work for me naturally. You know, I can't follow a step-by-step path when people are indoctrinated into thinking that they do want a step-by-step path. Mm. They do want this security, but really what they want is openness and courage. And, you know, like I, I don't want to know the 10 steps ahead. I just want to have the courage to take the first one in front of me. Right. And I I think about this all the time. This brings up the fact that, you know, when we look to watch a movie or a series, we're not looking to watch a movie that we already know the entire story of, right? Like we're, we're looking to sit down and watch a full plot sequence 
of events. We want to see someone that struggled, that dug themselves out of a hole, that, you know, had to really ground down to continue to, you know, take steps forward in their life. So we don't want to know what is going to happen. We want to see triumph. We want to see overcoming of challenges. We want to see that grit, that grind. Um, We wouldn't watch a movie that we knew the ending of that we, I don't know. So, so I feel like if, if more people paid attention to why they're even engaged in what they're engaged in maybe they'll be able to take a step back and say you know what i i want to be that main character in the movie i want to be the king i want to be the hero right yeah that's been a huge thing for me is like embodying the lion energy the king energy and and you know and of course i pulled i pulled a card a couple weeks ago like have you ever pulled like oracle cards and stuff of course yeah especially in yoga yeah yeah and they're so cool and they're so funny like in the beginning i was like there's no way you know, like, like every card I pull was going to, was going to fit. And then of course I started actually pulling them and now I'm like, holy shit, (laughs) you know, but last week I pulled with my friends, we went on a hike or last week is now like three weeks ago, but uh, I pulled the lion King card. It was like an ancestral spirit animal kind of deck. And it was, it was honor of the ancient King in Gonayama, the lion. And, uh, the whole card was basically like, you have the skills, like roar, you know, like nice. get out there, stop doubting yourself. And it's, it's like, a, it's a, a, it was something that I really needed to hear and something I, you know, I need to hear every single day as I, as I navigate that. Cause that's my, you know, my biggest enemy is me. Right. Same. It's, it's not meeting deadlines that I make up in my mind. And it's, it's being scared. It's being like, Oh, who am I to say this? Who am I to say that? And it's really is like, you, you know, who you are. Like, right. you know, and also because someone else said something that similar to what you're saying, doesn't mean that you can't say it and that you also can't say it and embody it completely uniquely. And because uh, it Great really is, it's that it's not so much what you say as much as it's like how you're being, how you're moving in the world. And then what you say will, you know, no doubt be profound. It'll no doubt be something that strikes people because you stand behind it mm. and because it's clear to them that you're not just like repeat. I'm not just repeating Alan Watts. Yeah, you're not just an act. Although sometimes I may actually be repeating Alan Watts. These are ideas I've sat with. These are ideas right. that I've sat with and I've tried and I've tested. And Alan Watts might have been repeating or, you know, paraphrasing exactly. his, his, his exactly. you know, learnings or and that's what, what he, he says. Where right. It's a borrowed language. Right. Exactly. We're all going to say the same shit no matter what. Like, we're exactly. All gonna say the same I shit. think it was, I don't know if it was Einstein. I'm pretty sure it was Einstein that said that there's no such thing as originality. And that the most creative people are best thieves or are, are the best thieves, right? It's like something oh, like well, that. It's true. It's, it's true. so true. There's no harm in being a thief because you are like, of course, in this sense, because you are like, like I said, you sit with these things and, you know, they're meant not, to be passed down. They're meant to be reiterated. I didn't read the wisdom of insecurity yesterday and then get on here. And I'm just like, yeah, and this and that, and this, you know, like these are things that are constant, constantly coming up. And of course I've read a bunch, but that also does qualify you too. But reading isn't just it. When you get the message, you hang up the phone. So you sit with these things I've read, you know, there's an Alan Watts book. I don't know if you've read cloud hidden whereabouts unknown. No, it is. Mike, it's the it's my favorite book in the whole world. Nice. Okay, so I'll have to get that. It's my favorite book ever, and uh, it's it's different essays that he wrote in his life, mm. all kind of thrown in there. And he talks a lot about Taoism, and he talks a lot about uh, a little bit about his life in uh, Salcito, I think, or I don't know exactly. Definitely somewhere in Northern California. Right. And uh, oh yeah, I think he stayed in. Um... Like you know where they have uh, what is it called Big Sur? I think it's Big Sur, like that the mountainous area. We live north of San Francisco, so right. Big Sur is just a little south. A little south, okay. I know he he did a lot of stuff at Esalon Institute, which mm. is Big Sur, and that okay. was the first of its kind. That was like the first retreat space, and wow, a lot of like him and him and his friend uh, 
I don't want to butcher his name, his friend who's a Taoist um, and, and a Tai Chi master. They used to hold retreats, retreats and talks and things like, so doing things like us, you know, getting right. up, having lectures and having these recorded conversations like this. And uh, it's, it's really cool. But that's what went down in Big Sur, Eslan Institute. Mm. And uh, it's actually still there. It's uh, nice. Do they yeah. still have retreats there? And stuff, them on Instagram. Yeah, they still do like work. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, they've been doing it for a long time and they, they paved the way and uh, and he paved the way. That's definitely kind of what what started this whole thing for me, too. It's like, I want to be like Alan Watts. I want to be like Terrence McKenna. I just right. want to talk, talk and get paid. Like, you know, I don't right. get paid a, mil, a gazillion dollars. I just want to eat good food and live. Like, right. <laughs> like, if I could do that by talking and sharing. I just want to do what I love. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that book is amazing. And I don't know. If we definitely. What's I that called again? Spiraled there cloud hidden whereabouts unknown and it's a mountain journal it also says okay nice. and uh it is the best book it's i bought i don't even have a copy right now and I've you've given it, have you given it away I bought 10 of them like <laughs> i don't know where they're at i know my sister's got one that's probably the closest one that's how you know it's a good book yeah yeah i've been feeling the call to to read it again um i forgot why i brought it up though but it's uh it truly is an amazing book. I don't know if you knew this about Alan Watts, but I found this out maybe a year or two ago, just because I'm always interested in when people use substances and like, you know, how and why we use substances. I've been surrounded by addiction for like for a while um, with different people, but um, I have my own views on it. Some people view it as a disease. I, I try to view it a little bit deeper than that. And I try to make sense of it. I don't know if you've ever heard A little heard bit more of- wiggly. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of um, Dr. Gabor Mate. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's big in the addiction um, field and his stuff is some of my favorite, but Alan Watts, I always found so interesting because he was known to enjoy drinking. He enjoyed alcohol. He was a drunk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he would drink all the time and he, and he would talk about it. And when I first heard that, I'm not going to lie. It kind of like broke my heart because I had him on this pedestal and I, I guess I wanted him to be perfect, but then that was another lesson for myself. It's like, no, no one's, no one's perfect. And to think that someone who doesn't drink is perfect or more perfect than the guy that doesn't is also yeah. wrong. And that's, uh, you know, an incorrect thing to project and put on someone, but to find out that he enjoyed drinking that he said, yeah, I, I enjoyed my state of mind, like, you know, having a couple of drinks in me and I could do, you know, a three hour lecture, like having a few drinks. So I don't, I don't know if you ever knew that, but that's something that really, yeah. uh, it, it was hard for me to make sense of, but now I kind of love it. I love that he imbibed. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a lesson because for a while, especially in the beginning, when I read Alan Watts, it was like, this is a God amongst men. Right. And it's so opposite of his teachings. Yes. He's like, don't, you know, and Terrence McKenna too, like, don't, don't seek enlightenment from another. Mm. You know, do not and uh and of course like what he's giving you is actually not him giving it to you it's you receiving it for you i love that and uh and also like his teachings and definitely teachings i resonate of like we are so interconnected and so like not actually separate and not ourselves. in a sense like we are we're a culmination of everything and everything that's happening and these ideas in my head could not have sparked without this conversation so in that we're connected and uh and then much more of course but um i'm losing it but uh <laughs> oh his, his uh his his friend um i'm gonna try to say his name it's al chang lang i think okay and, uh he so alan watts's last book damn i wish i oh i think it's i think it's Dow the watercourse way and uh it's his last book and he didn't finish it. So his friend finished mm. it. He's a friend that was really, really close with him. And he writes the introduction and he writes all these things and he writes, the, he writes the intro and then he writes the end of the book. He finishes it. And uh, in the beginning of the book, in the introduction, he's talking about how Alan Watts was such an open person and such, and got to this place of pure Zen and spontaneity and true face, you know, true face, meaning like, you're new every day. So mm. this is my truth. This is what I am right now. And, uh, but he never did it without a drink. And he said, wow, 
you know, and he said he couldn't, he couldn't ever get to that place without a drink. They would host retreats and he'd be drinking. That's really interesting. Something that like goes against my morals now in my life, but also that's because of how drinking affects me. Right. Like I def, I have my vice. I smoke weed every day. Right. I'm definitely in a big cannabis user and, you know, borderline addicted to cannabis for sure and uh you know and i wear that proudly you know like and and not not too with not not with too much pride right know that it's good and bad but it's something that helps me and has helped me in a lot of ways and it's also something that's harmed me in a lot of ways especially in that that vulnerability Mm. thing like he needed alcohol to be vulnerable and to like hold his friend and to kind of get to that place right walls down you know defense down and uh i don't i could say that i don't need weed for that i in a lot of ways weed takes me out of that you know mm. I've, I've had times where it's brought me into that and times where it's took me out of that and of course it's because the different things on different days it's a dynamic world and the awareness of that is what's the key exactly yes exactly it's not so much what you use and how, as, as how you use it and uh you know, and he was, he was an a, alcoholic for sure. And a cigarette smoker, you know, you could hear it in his voice. He has, he has that he smoker's died, voice. He died at like 50 something. Right. You know? So it's like, and it, there's nothing good or bad. It's just a fact. Right. And, and I know that in my life, I want to live longer. I know that I want to live until I'm 90, you know, and that's, and that's all that it is. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I know what I need to, in order to do that. Plus I really don't like alcohol. Like I like drinking a little bit. It gets me loose. I get, but in the right scenario, I, uh, I could not imagine like drinking and leading a space or no. drinking and drinking every day, you know, or needing it, you know, needing it is scary for a long time. That, that terrifies me with anything, with anything. Yeah. For so long, I thought I needed weed and, you know, in some ways I do, but in a lot of ways I don't, you know, and alcohol is a little bit scarier and more intense of an addiction to kind of kick. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, addiction is definitely, you know, my mom's in AA. She's been sober, you know, four years now. And nice. uh, yeah, it's amazing. And I've, I've, I didn't know because I was a kid. Right. Like I didn't really know how bad it was. I just thought she was nuts. You know, right. <laughs> you know I thought she was just nuts sometimes. <laughs> And, uh, and That's of, just course, that, of course, you know, she's been sober four years and she's still nuts. I'm not right. an alcoholic and I'm freaking nuts. You know? so, so it really is, it really is like, it's, it's funny. And it goes back to, like you said, not putting anyone on a pedestal. Taking I love that. Things, taking what you get from them and, and loving them in their best and their worst, you know, mm. which Alan Watts definitely had like all of us. You're right. Um, I don't, I don't want to hold you much longer. We've been at about an hour, but I do want to ask you one more question. It's been one of my favorite questions to ask almost everyone, especially Hussein. Hussein gave me a good answer last time. Um, The question is, do you believe in aliens? Do you think aliens are real? Oof! I love this question. I think yes, for sure. But I think I almost, I almost want to like feel like their their being is so different from us in a sense that it's like really hard to understand. <laughs> and uh, I think the best way that I like my experience with entities that aren't me has only really come in one very very unique and direct way, and that's the first time I took mushrooms alone. Mm. And I have a lot of notes from that day where my notes, like I could tell you what was the mushroom talking and what was me talking like we were talking and uh it was very much like a sarcastic like uh we love you but also like haha like you're just a freaking you know you're just a wiggle you're just (laughs) just a little thing and i was like their kid in a way and it was like it was almost like was it like an alien voice was it was it was very and it's so funny because Terrence McKenna talks about it and I didn't hear him talk about it until after this trip. It was very sarcastic and very like Jewish, you know, very. And I don't know if that's because I'm Jewish and I always grew up with like my elders, you know, are Jewish, my grandparents and like that the American Jewish. Like, I was going to say like, the Jewish sarcastic. culture has like that, that sarcastic comedy kind of aspect yeah, to it. Yeah, And very like, like like up and down and here and there like it's in their music and uh and really the mushrooms are very 
very like that for me. I've also had experiences where like I've, I've, I did six grams once in silent darkness. I did them in my room at night and it was crazy. I don't, I wouldn't recommend it, you know, without like really, really doing the research and also feeling it in yourself to do that. Like if that's something, you know, cause at the time I was like, Terrence McKenna's doing it. So I'm going to do it. It wasn't like, I want to do this fully, you know, and right. that it was, it was a good trip, but it was also really bad. And uh, I had visions of like ships, giant like metal things, but they weren't earth metal. It was like things that was defying gravity and it was bigger than anything I've ever seen. And it was like visions of that. So in that it's like, yeah, of course there's aliens. Right. How, how connected are we to them? I don't know. You know, my, my philosophy is I'm as connected to the earth as any tree. So is the earth not connected to any other star in that sense it is in it as it a is. Speed, as a so it's like you know I've, i know I, i've heard a lot of bad like smoking dmt trips where you're speaking to these elves and speaking to these gnomes and these entities and sometimes lizards and you know so it's like is there something beyond humans for sure right their consciousness and personality beyond that yeah i i think so you know but but also like are is it is that alien to us that's another concept it's just like hard for me to wrap my mind around like like based on like my the way i i choose to live and i'm gonna say so so do you so do you not see them as like you know the typical gray small dude with big head i think i think it's possible and do i i think they're very different in a same kind of way you know i think right. they're i think they're gonna like do things like us but i think maybe not and i like i heard of course joe rogan talks about like, like the grays and how like that's what we're like they're us right. in the future and uh and it's almost like they're us in the future like if we go down the wrong path kind of right yeah so, like, i want to be in the waterfall like, i was gonna I say they're that. they're almost i sometimes see them or if, if that is real or if aliens like that are real i view that as us if we did go down the less human path, yeah, right, and and we kept uh, you know aligning more with technology and not really tapping into what it means to be human and using yeah. tech to be more human, so it's it's trippy then, for sure. It's like it's like what it's like. I can't really tell which path is the ego path. You know, I feel like there's both, like because it's like to like it's it's. I don't want to become a gray alien because. I don't want to let go of my sovereignty. Right. And a lot of the times, maybe this, that kind of technical advancement and cooperation may mean letting go of your sovereignty. Of, yes. Of the way that you move in this world and the way you make choices. So, and it's pretty interesting that anytime we've seen aliens depicted in movies, TV shows, anything like that, they don't have much individuality. It's, it's a lot of conformity. It's a lot of, yeah. um, a, lot, a lack of sovereignty so you're right so that's pretty it's interesting silver, it's a silver and gray world it's like a scaly world i don't really love it it's interesting <laughs> when i asked hussein his first question back to me was okay let's let's clarify are you talking conscious life or like you know cellular bacterial life and that's a good question like too it's right. like it's like who's to say yeah not conscious you know oh like the only proof that i have is that i'm conscious and I have no clue what the hell I am. So it's like this other thing in this world. Maybe they're not like, hey, I'm going to put on a shirt and I'm going to go get this girl. But I'm sure that when when something hurts, it hurts. Right. Yeah. I think it's felt. It's a it's 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 a really good question. I love that. I really do. <laughs> you go. I will have a whole podcast on that. I was going to say, I, I, I get so excited to ask people this. I think I forgot to ask a couple people just because maybe the the conversation went in a different direction um but i've tried to ask almost everyone and i've gotten good responses my wife's response in the first one was i'll say yes so that they don't abduct me and and i'm like like, no you can't you can't say that i'm like you can't use that but yeah that's where she stands on you're a kid like and you don't want to say the devil's name because you're like he's gonna come out you're like oh no the devil's all right yeah no he's all right he's He's not a bad guy not not too bad of a guy like he's he's cool i'll just let him do his thing i don't want to harm him Uh, i really love that response and you know i don't know are they gonna come down and be like hey we have bodies 
And we also have these limitations of this body. I don't know. Right. It's, it's, an it's going to be interesting. Part. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Cause there's for, for sure there's things flying around and there's things defying the way we understand physics and the way we understand the rules of our world. There are things that have clearly defined that so many times. So I think we had a, I think hopefully, I, hopefully when that day comes, if they visit our jujitsu is good enough. <laughs> they don't have any guns. Uh, their, bones, their bones are rubber. That's uh, that's like when you've been a black belt for so long, you become an alien. Like, yes. <laughs> you become advanced. It's so funny. Uh, dude, well, this was a, this is a ton of fun. I, I loved, uh, loved getting to chat good. with you. What I, what I would like to do in the future is maybe after your first men's group or maybe during it, I would love to have another one of these just to check in and see how you're doing. I would love to do it, man. This is so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Nice, man. Hope you have a great uh, rest of your night. I hope you do too, my man. I can't and I'll see you. I'll see you at Jets sometime soon. And yeah, I'll see you this weekend. All right, cool. All right. What's up, my brother? See you. See you soon.